Adoption law changes, 200 years of Catholic STO, and tax breaks for Catholic education, all on this Catholic Gateway Podcast news update. Happy New Year and welcome to the first 2018 edition of the Catholic Gateway Podcast weekly news update. This is the week of January 8th, 2018. I am your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you enjoyed the holiday season with family and friends. We took a couple weeks off there and now we're back in the office and ready to get the weekly news updates rolling again for 2018. We hope that uh, through this podcast to continue bringing you news and events surrounding the Archdiocese of St. Louis, things that keep you informed and up to date. So let's take a look at some of the news and events going on right now. As of January 1st, adoptees can now obtain copies of their original birth certificate, which would likely include the name of birth parents, even if the adoption was undertaken with an understanding the parents' identities would be confidential. The change in law requires that birth parents request, in writing, that their names be redacted to prevent their identity from being revealed. Good Shepherd Children and Family Services, an agency of Catholic Charities, has provided adoption services for years. Executive Director Dr. Michael Meehan says the change could present some challenges. The one thing that's important for people to understand is we're not talking about adoption records per se. That is, the records that we take care of are not open. Um, and this law doesn't change that. It's really about access to an unaltered copy of a birth certificate, potentially, which would include the birth parents' names. Our records are still private. Those are still sealed. No one has access to those. I mean, none of that has changed. So those are still private unless and until uh, the birth parents have, have said otherwise. Functionally, what happens is we may, is, is that um, women and or families, couples who placed children for adoption in decades past when our culture was much different about uh, being an unwed parent or having a child out of wedlock, et cetera, uh, and, and most or all adoptions were closed as compared to now when many are open, um, we're going to have folks who entirely unexpectedly whose identity is, is revealed to a, an adopted person or their attorney and that may come as quite a shock to them or their family. Dr. Meehan says they have not dealt with any cases during the first week of the new year, but he knows there's a chance that they might have some cases come up later on. For more information, you can contact Good Shepherd Children and Family Services by visiting their website at goodshepherdstl.org. Due to the tax bill recently passed by Congress and signed by President Trump, Parents with children in private school can claim a deduction on state taxes and use 529 plans to pay for elementary and high school expenses. Previously, 529 plans could only be used for college expenses. The Catholic Education Office of the Archdiocese of St. Louis says it's a little too soon to know what exactly the implications of the new 529 rule might be, but the change is definitely welcomed as another tool in the toolbox for families as they consider their education options and how to afford tuition at a Catholic school. If you have questions about 529 plans and the changes in the law or just other questions about funding for Catholic education, you can contact the Catholic Education Office at 314-792-7300. January has already brought two special dates for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. 
January 1st was the 200th anniversary of the first Mass offered by Bishop William Valentine de Burg in his new diocese of Louisiana and the Floridas, as it was known at the time. De Burg celebrated a pontifical high Mass in St. Genevieve, Missouri, on his way up to St. Louis. To commemorate the anniversary, a solemn high Mass was offered in St. Genevieve Catholic Church. The Mass was offered entirely in Latin, and Monsignor Michael Witt, professor of church history at Kenrick Glennon Seminary, delivered the homily. January 5th was the 200th anniversary of the arrival of Bishop de Burg in St. Louis. To mark the occasion, Archbishop Carlson wrote a guest column which appeared in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. In it, Archbishop Carlson praises the good about St. Louis, 200 years after de Burg saw something special here. But Archbishop recognizes that we have issues of income inequality, lack of access to quality education, racial disparity, gun violence, and doubts about fair treatment under the law. We need to have an honest, intelligent discussions about how to make things better, he wrote. Archbishop suggests we observe a new 24-hour rule rather than responding immediately with hate or anger. The power of this pause is that it allows us to listen more deeply to each other and to fashion a response from a deeper place in our hearts. We have time to hear the pain in people's words and see the pain in their actions and factor that into our response. You can read the entire column at stltoday.com. Links are posted on Archdiocesan Facebook and Twitter accounts. Even though Christmas Day has come and passed, Archbishop Carlson also has a St. Louis Review column in which he gives suggestions on how to sustain the Christmas season into the new year of 2018. Some suggestions include going to Mass on a weekday, making a pilgrimage to a contemplative community where there is perpetual adoration, plan a service event with friends or family, but plan it for February or March when the flood of Christmas volunteers has dwindled, read a chapter or two of one of the Gospels every day, pray the rosary, Divine Mercy Chaplet, or some other prayer. You can also do a kind deed for a neighbor, shovel snow off the driveway, bring in trash cans, and so forth. These are just some of the suggestions the Archbishop gives in his column. To read more, visit stlouisreview.com and click on Archbishop Carlson's Before the Cross article. If you work in the communications field or a media-related field, the Office of Communications and Planning is hosting a media mass for the Feast of St. Francis de Sales at the Basilica of St. Louis, King of France, on Wednesday, January 24, 2018, at 12.10 p.m. Anyone that works in the communications or media-related field is invited. On Sunday, January 14, 2018, at 2.30, the Mass for the Preservation of Peace and Justice will be held at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis, This is the 42nd annual Mass, which commemorates the birth and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Archbishop Carlson will be the celebrant. Father R. Cavett will deliver the homily. Visit archstl.org slash Luanga Center. That's L-W-A-N-G-A-C-E-N-T-E-R, Luanga Center, for more information. That's archstl.org slash Luanga Center. Now here are the five quintessential stories from the St. Louis Review handpicked by the staff for you to share and discuss this week. You can find these stories at stlouisreview.com slash five things, that's the numeral five things, or in the paper dated January 8th, 2018. Number one, Room at the Inn serves up to 20 people daily, nearly 180 people each year, half of whom are children. In addition to food and shelter, Room at the Inn helps clients identify the underlying causes of their homelessness, regain self-sufficiency, and avoid future episodes of homelessness. Christ the King Parish in University City 
has served as a night site with Room at the Inn for more than a decade. Learn more about the organization in this story from Jennifer Brinker. Number two, cold emergency. Catholics rush to respond as freezing temperatures increase risk to homeless. Jennifer Brinker, Joe Kenny, and photographer Lisa Johnston tagged along with Saints Jochumann and Care Service in St. Charles and other Catholic organizations to find out what they are doing to help the homeless survive the extreme cold. More from Jennifer on the second half of this podcast. Number three, Belinda Bond was the first African-American woman to manufacture, import, and wholesale a line of jewelry for J.C. Penney. She earlier had a career as an auditor with Southwestern Bell. Now the owner of a consulting firm, she's known as a dynamic, charismatic speaker with an unlimited source of energy and exciting visions for the future. Joe Kenny shares Bond's inspiring story and how one priest made all the difference. Number four, the Little Sisters of the Poor continue to be grateful for the support they receive for caring for the elderly poor. The recent extended spell of sub-zero temperatures in St. Louis, however, brings a need for additional support for winter heating bills. Joe Kenny has this story. And for number five, Joe Kenny also features a talented swimmer in this week's sports section. Emily Traub's parents swam competitively in college, and her older sister is a talented swimmer as well. Heading into Christmas break, the freshman at Nairings Hall in Webster Groves has already had a state qualifying time in every individual event she swam in, ranking in the top 10 in the state in each. Check out the story to learn more about Emily's success. There was a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Remember, for these stories, events, and more, visit stlouisreview.com and archstl.org, and follow the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast News Update for this week. You'll hear from Jennifer Brinker in just a moment, but first, if you've listened to our weekly news updates before, you know that we usually include an evangelization tip from Michael Horn in the Office of Laity and Family Life. In 2018, we're going to focus more on apologetics and catechesis. Hopefully you'll learn a little bit this year and be better able to share and defend your faith. So here's Michael. The first precept of the Church calls for us to attend Mass on Sundays and on Holy Days of Obligation. Sometimes this strikes us as burdensome, as we're just called to go to Mass maybe every Sunday, and that we're just doing something out of mere obligation. But the Church always has great wisdom in the precepts that she offers us. She calls us to attend Mass every Sunday and on Holy Days of Obligation as well, because these are prime opportunities for us to grow closer in the spiritual life and to encounter Christ every single day of our lives. And so we're called to attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation to celebrate the great mysteries of the Catholic faith. And sometimes we forget how much we are fed spiritually in the Mass, not only through the Liturgy of the Word, but also through the Liturgy of the Eucharist. First, the Liturgy of the Word. We receive plenty of the Old Testament and the New Testament in the readings that we hear at Mass. And we can ponder, just like our Blessed Mother, the words of Jesus and the word of, words of God the Father and the Holy Spirit as he continues to speak to us and to enable us to encounter him anew. And so, why is it a blessing that we attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation? Because we are nourished, and that is spiritual nourishment for us as we ponder the word of God, which is something that should be intrinsic to every day of our lives. And secondly, the Liturgy of the Eucharist, which we will address more fully in subsequent episodes, but the beauty of the Eucharist, to ponder the source and summit of our faith. We are able to encounter Jesus Christ at every single Mass. If we choose to attend daily, if 
who choose to attend every Sunday and choose to attend the Holy Days of Obligation. So we can ponder the great mystery that Christ has left us, his flesh, his true body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, where we encounter the Lord on the most personal level that we can. And so we are able then to receive that sacrament of sacraments, the sacrament of charity that empowers us to go out into the world, to spread the love and joy of Christ to other people, and to continue to ponder the great news of our salvation. This week in St. Louis, the weather is uh, changing a little bit. Going to be, we're, we're experiencing a little bit of a heat wave, which I never thought that you know the 40s and 50s would be considered a heat wave. But with the weather being in the teens, single digits, and even colder recently, that that's what it is. So, with that cold weather, though, in the re- past couple weeks, there have been a lot of people on the streets who need assistance and help and uh, need to get out of the cold. Jennifer Brinker with the St. Louis Review and Lisa Johnston and I think Joe Kenny also contributed. They went out and they covered some of the things that Catholic agencies and institutions here in St. Louis were doing to help. So Jennifer, welcome to the Catholic Gateway Podcast. Thank you. Again in 2018. First first time now. <laughs> so a new year. Okay, so you have this um, Living Our Faith section in the St. Louis Review mm-hmm. in the paper dated, uh, what's the date on that? January um, 8th through, through 14th. Yeah, 8th through 14th. And uh, so that uh, just focuses on, you went and you, you saw some of the work that our Catholic agencies are doing mm-hmm. to help people get out of the cold. And what did you see? Right. So um, we followed along with um, St. Joachim and Ann Care Service. Uh, they have a street outreach team that, you know, they provide um, care to homeless individuals year-round. Um, but in particular, in this case, when the weather dropped, um, you know, pretty low, they went out in search of, of people, mostly regulars that they, you know, are, wor- are working with um, to make sure that they have a plan uh, to get out of the cold, um, you know, if they need transportation, help getting somewhere, um, maybe need to get connected to an agency to help find um, some money just to put them up in a hotel for a couple nights, especially in St. Charles. That's one area, um, you know, the, the shelter options. They have a evening shelter um, that rotates among churches, but it, it doesn't start till like nine in the evening. And it's when the weather uh, drops below 20 degrees, I believe. So, um, so it's, it's not easy to access those things. So they kind of, they've been going around kind of checking in with people and making sure they've had a plan. So, and we, we met a few people that were uh, under a um, railroad bridge uh, staying there. And, um, you know, some of them had a plan, but there were, a few, like, there was a couple that we met that they had enough money for one more hotel room that night. And that was it. So they were looking to kind of get a bridge until Friday when um, the man of the couple, he was supposed to get his paycheck. Um, And both of them work. So they're suffering through this and uh, they both work, you know, they have jobs. So it's, it's a real challenge right now. Um, Thankfully, it's a little bit warmer, but it still doesn't address, you know, a lot of the underlying issues with homelessness. So, um, Saints Joachim and Anne, I know, is doing what they can to help help yeah. people with Those that. Those issues don't go away just because it goes to 50 degrees right. or, or whatever. It's, right, you know. yeah. And so, like, you know, St. Patrick's Center is another one. Joe Kenny talked to them, and, you know, they were in what they call life-saving mode, you know, where it's this is an emergency need here, and let's do what we can to get people either connected to Biddle House or the St. Louis Winter Outreach. They work with a number of churches and, and other organizations that provide that shelter when the temperature dips below 20 degrees. So um, 
so I think everybody was doing kind of what they can to to kind of help as best they could um so we'll we'll see hopefully that'll continue yeah hopefully well hopefully we don't have the the cold snap again that right you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but if exactly. it does happen it's good right. to know that these agencies and organizations are out there to help people exactly and, yeah. um, right. so if people want to know more want to read more of the story they can go to st louisreview.com Mm-hmm. or um, check out the paper dated January 8th through 14th. And you have some info in there if people want to help out or get involved or contact right. one of these agencies. Yeah, there's both um, resources on how to help with some of these agencies that are providing um, these services, or um, if you know of somebody that's looking for shelter, there's a list of, of places that you can go to throughout the St. Louis area. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, kind of like you were saying, like see, even in St. Charles, people mm-hmm. who might have a job, mm-hmm a couple who both Mm -hmm. might have a job Mm -hmm. can still fall on hard times. So Mm -hmm. people do need help and you may not always realize it. So um, just another, another reason why we ought to be getting to know our neighbors and checking Mm -hmm. in on people. And Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of times I've met somebody who is homeless that they are working, but it's just not enough to make ends meet. Um, You know, and, and one, as many of these agencies will tell you one small crisis um, can just snowball and it turns into something huge for yeah. them. So, yeah. And that, that snowball, no pun intended, can really become an issue when the temperature gets so cold. So Absolutely. Thank you for your intrepid reporting and going out there. Literally, it, you know, this was intrepid, going out in the cold and covering the good work that was going on. Uh, so thank you for that. And uh, we'll look forward to a lot of great coverage in this new year. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast. Just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter, at ArchSTL is our handle there, at ArchSTL. And we're on Instagram, at CatholicSTL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review. They're on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram, under the handle, at St. Louis Review. That's S.T. Lewis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West, the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis. Catholic St. Louis.